hope. It's the word on the front of your worship aid this week. It usually is the, one of the main themes of Advent. And then you get a phone call to go visit a family on Thanksgiving morning that just lost a 13-year-old daughter in an accident. And what do you do? How are you hopeful in the midst of that? See, hope isn't a feeling. It's something much deeper than that, but it's a compelling example as we begin this Advent season to figure out what it is that we have our hope in. So I'd ask you this morning, in the depths of your heart, what do you hope for? The part of you that nobody else maybe even doesn't even know, maybe a spouse doesn't even know, what do you really hope for in your life? Sometimes I think our hopes are short-sighted. So a lot of the kids are hoping for certain things for Christmas when Santa comes. Maybe you're hoping to get the mortgage paid off or hoping to pass your classes or hope that your marriage gets better or hope that old wounds are healed. And those are all important things. But the hope that we're talking about in Advent is much more far-reaching. It's much more transcendent than that. It's, it's something that makes us look at our entire approach to life. And so if we just hope in fate, that's not hope. Well, you know, it's gonna, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. That's not hope. That's fatalism. If we only hope in our own efforts, by God, I'm going to work harder and I'll get this handled. That's not hope. We're just fooling ourselves because we'll never accomplish it on our own. Hope comes from God. And so it means it's always really out of our hands, but it needs to start there. But the one thing that I want you to think about Advent 1, Advent 2, Advent 3, and Advent 4 is this line. The gospel demands a response. You know, we come to church and we, we hear these readings all the time, and then we kind of just go back to the same old, same old. But the gospel demands a response. It's kind of like my dear mother, and she'd say, Johnny, did you hear me? I said, yeah, I heard you. Then why didn't you do what I told you? <laughs> That's what this is about, a response. So the first reading that we had today read so well from Isaiah. The last line says, O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. What does it mean to walk in the light of the Lord? It's not just a pious thought. It means, first of all, we need to be aware of it and to see where it's guiding us. Where is God guiding us? You know, we get so caught up in the rat race. We get so caught up in the routines. And then we wonder why our lives are boring and we kind of disintegrate into, you know, kind of living. It's kind of like, oh my God, is this ever going to change? Well, it's not God's fault. If we're walking in the light, it helps us to see things in the world and in our own lives that we need to attend to, huh? The gospel demands a response.
Paul puts a little finer point on it in the reading from Romans today, because he's talking about the end times. He says, do this because you know the time. It's now the hour for you to awake from sleep, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is advanced, the day is at hand. Now you have to understand that when Paul was writing this, the people really thought that the second coming was going to happen pretty quick. Pretty quick. And so obviously he, he was trying to encourage them. But you know this line, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed, is still true for us in 2022 because every day we're alive, we're a little closer to our death. And so what's the gospel that demands a response? Throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Not in orgies and drunkenness, promiscuity and licentiousness, not in rivalry and jealousy. We can't continue to live the way we are. None of us are finished. None of us are the best version of ourselves. The gospel demands a response. And that brings us to this great gospel today from Matthew. And he doesn't mince words at all. Jesus' words here. So Jesus says, you know, in the days of Noah, you know, they were having a good time and marrying and partying and, and doing all that kind of stuff right until the time of the flood. So it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in a field, one will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one will be left. Three teens are out in an ATV, one will be taken, two are left. That's what this means. And so the gospel doesn't say that to make us paranoid or, or scrupulous. The gospel says that to us because we need to be prepared and we need to see what that means. I think that we need to take a look into our lives at what our hope is based on. Hope the week's done, hope it gets better. All those things are going to be passing. Hope is about anchoring ourselves in God, and we don't know where that will lead us. If we're walking in the light of the Lord, we don't need to know because He will guide us, He will help us. But otherwise, if we don't have faith, like a thief in the night, it will happen. And so it's a sobering thought, but it's a great way to start the new year of Advent that we celebrate. But let's not just go through the motions and listen to this stuff and turn the page and, and move on. The gospel demands a response. What's yours going to be?